You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. Hey, I'm Dan Savage, and you somehow managed to download another installment of the Savage Love Podcast, my weekly out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. I am stone fucking cold sober. In fact, I'm so stone fucking cold sober that I need to fucking drink. It's been days. Uh, 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you want to record a question or a comment for a future podcast, feel free to give us a buzz. Again, 206-201-2720. Landlines. God, we prefer them. Nobody's got them anymore, it feels like. But if you got one, call us from a landline and speak the fuck up. All right? Now let's get to uh, our first goddamn fucking question. Hey, Dan. How are you? It's John. So here's my thing. I think I'm a pretty, you know, interesting, good-looking guy. I've got a lot of action. I can get a lot of game. I can, uh, people like me, you know, attractive women, but I, uh, I really want to date these porn stars, but I don't really know who they are. You know, I don't know how to, you know, approach them because you, you can't just send them an email and say, oh, I think you're hot. I saw your movie. And so what is the approach for, if you, say you think that you're capable of dating a porn star, but you don't really know any, like, how do you go about uh, approaching these people that you don't really know? Always nice to hear from the attractive, uh, mature, deep, balanced, whole, straight guys. Uh, good to hear that you're good looking, you get action, you get a lot of game, as the straight boys say. But if you want to date porn stars, uh, you know, there's no porn star dating site or service. Uh, it's a matter of, like they say, for real estate, location, location, location. You know, if you want to date a barista, you might want to work at fucking Starbucks. If you want to date a waitress, you might want to go, if you want to date waitresses, you might want to go fucking get a job in a restaurant or better yet, own a restaurant. You know, if you want to date a congressman, then there's the congressional page program. You really have to put yourself in the proximity of uh, the people that you want to date if you want to date a certain specific kind of genre or subgroup or subculture uh, of types. So I would encourage you to get your ass to California where most porn is made, get your ass to Los Angeles where most porn is made, and get your ass down to the neighborhood where most porn is made, and you'll meet porn stars. Uh, you better have some money. You know, most porn stars are in it for the money. Uh, not that they're hookers or whores, but, you know, they're doing it to get ahead. You know, you're not going to find a lot of successful porn stars that want to date, you know, a guy that they're going to have to support. So if you've got a good job and you're pretty good looking and you're a decent guy and you respect them and you don't resent them, you don't think they're sluts and whores and you don't want to date porn stars because you've got some sort of issue or crisis, I'm sure you can find them if you're uh, somewhere nearby. Uh, but you didn't say where you were uh, and, and there's no website. You can't just send them a fucking email. You can't just go to their websites and volunteer to date them. Believe me, there's plenty of people dating them. I understand that if you really want to meet porn stars but you don't want to live in horrible, horrible L.A., that you can go to the AVN Awards every year in Las Vegas and buy tickets to the AVN Awards. Those are the Adult Video News Awards. And it's just like a porn star meat market. And you can meet all of them. Whether or not you can bet any of them will really be uh, up to your game. Uh, hi, Dan. This is uh, Nick calling from England. Um, I've got a question for you about um, some pornography that my, uh, my wife and I have been enjoying recently. But... Um, we're not too sure whether we believe it. It's these, um, these women that squirt when they come, you know, when they have this orgasm and this water comes out from, I don't know, it looks like it's from the urethra. It looks like they're peeing. But then there'll be someone else there who'll be going, oh, yes, it's not pee yet. It's really, uh, tastes great and uh, all this kind of stuff. I mean, so what's going on? I mean, is this woman peeing? Has she got some water in her vagina she's squirting out? Or do they really 
shoots out on the orgasms than women. We don't know. Um, maybe you do. Who knows? Yeah, there are women out there that squirt. There is such a thing as female ejaculation during orgasm. Uh, it's a real thing. It really exists. They're not water balloons. They're not filling up with water and then squirting out when the cameras are rolling. Uh, some women can do it. Some women can't. Uh, people believe, and there's some debate still about what the fuck is going on. But you got to remember that we're all basically women uh, when we're fetuses, when we're little babies. And the same clumps of tissues and cells that in men become the prostate gland, uh, which plays a huge role in ejaculation. In women, those cells still exist. And in some, in some women, they're pretty highly developed. And uh, they are the Grafenberg spot, the G-spot. And in some women, if you stimulate the G-spot, some women find, particularly if you stimulate it over and over again, that their G-spot begins to function sort of like a prostate gland. The, the tissue surrounds the urethra. It swells. It fills with liquid, uh, You know, draws fluids from the bloodstream when the women are aroused. And then when they have an orgasm, they have all these muscular contractions, just like a guy does. You know, how does a guy ejaculate? It's a prostate gland, and all this shit fills up, seminal vessels, blah, 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 the sperm... And then he has an orgasm, and everything contracts, and it goes flying out. Sploot, sploot, sploot. Well, women have those same contractions when they uh, have an orgasm. And in some women, the G-spot functions in such a way that they have those contractions, clench, 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 and they get the sploot, sploot, sploot. They get the orgasm. They get, they get this female ejaculate shooting out. What's really weird about it and what can make some people feel like, oh, that must be urine, is that there can be so much more of it. I mean – I saw a whole bunch of female ejaculation videos last year because of The Stranger, the paper I work for in Seattle, runs an amateur porn contest, and I guess a memo went out that I didn't see or author instructing everyone to make female ejaculation porns. I watched hundreds of hours of these female ejaculation pornos, um, you know, and being gay and being who I am, by the end of it, I'd never want to take a shower ever again in my life. I had to take nothing but baths ever since. I was so traumatized, but it's a real thing, and it really works. Uh, can your wife do it? You need to go online or get some books and learn about the G-spot. Uh, there's some good books out there just about female ejaculation. But go in and learn about the G-spot and G-spot orgasms inside and up along the ridge or roof of the vaginal canal uh, is where uh, you need to be poking and prodding uh, if you want to experiment with making your wife gush like a uh, female ejaculation porn star. Hi, Dan. Um, I have these fantasies, and the only way that I can get off in bed is if I imagine that I'm a guy and that I'm fucking pretty violently my partner or that I'm holding my partner as he's being fucked. Um, I guess my, <laughs> I guess my question is, um, what does that mean? I, I guess that's really more of an existential thing. I don't know if you can answer that. Um, but is that problematic and is that something that I should tell them? Because nine times out of 10, if I get off and I'll, and I'll get off multiple times, um, I'm thinking about them being fucked. You're fucking, you're not being deposed. You don't have to tell anybody anything about what's going on in your head or what you're really thinking. And lots of people out there have to think about or play certain loops, tape loops in their head, and, have, and entertain certain fantasies, sometimes very specific, uh, while they're having sex to get over the top, to, to, to get to orgasm. For some people, it's just, you know, it's a tripwire. The sex itself is, you know, it's pouring gasoline all over the floor. It's just like throwing combustibles around, gasoline, gasoline everywhere. And the fantasy is the spark that causes the explosion, you know, causes the orgasm, puts you over the top. Boom. You had the, you know, you just add that one little spark. You entertain that one thought. Some people require that. They require that 
that spark. They require that that match thrown at all the gasoline. They pour it all over the room. If that's your spark, if you require that match, if you're one of those you know those types who needs that fantasy to, to just to click into your head at a certain moment and and, and and put you over the top, you shouldn't feel guilty about it. You shouldn't feel weird about it. And you shouldn't feel necessarily that you need to tell or expose yourself or, or, or inform the person who's on top of you uh, of what exactly is going through your head if you think they can't handle the truth, as they say in the movies. Um However, you know, there are guys out there who would find that fantasy really hot, who would find it hot even to talk about that during sex. You may find that if you are open about your fantasy, that you will eventually tell it to somebody who thinks that's super fucking hot and is into pegging or would be or, you know, you might find a bi guy who would be totally into you holding him down while some other guy fucks the shit out of him. So it's a sort of fantasy uh that I think you could benefit mightily from uh, disclosing happily uh, with people that, that you feel comfortable with sexually because you might hit the fucking jackpot and find the, you know, the right guy for you, the guy with the mirror image fantasy to match your own. Uh, there are people out there who can only get off if they fantasize about, you know, being dismembered or being, you know, that the person having sex with them isn't actually a person but a bull elephant. They have the completely unrealizable, ridiculous, off-putting fantasies that nobody else out there really would ever click into. Uh, those people, you know, may not want to ever tell anybody. You, however, your fantasy, I, I guarantee you, that we'll get calls. I guarantee you there are guys out there who uh, would happily play along, either verbally in role play or uh, in actuality uh, uh, with being held down and, and getting fucked for your amusement. So I would risk everything and tell, uh, not tell everyone, but I would tell my sex partners if I were you at, at a certain point during a relationship what these thoughts are and what turns you on because you have so much to gain. Hi, Dan. My name is Heather. I'm a 30-year-old dyke living in Los Angeles, and actually I'm calling to reply to someone who called um, a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was episode 24. And she called because she was concerned because it seemed like the only way that she could get off was if she was fantasizing about rape. Um, I have a similar experience, and um, actually it's not something that's an issue for me. I kind of understand that where it came from was that as a young person, um, I've always kind of been chubby, and that was an issue for me. It was a body image thing, and so I kind of felt like as a young person, the only way that I was ever going to have sex was if someone else just did it to me because I didn't think that anybody else would ever want to do it to me. Um, I'm proud to say that as an adult, I'm a very confident individual, and I believe that I am big and beautiful, and I really love my body. Um, and I still fantasize about rape. And I have friends who have been raped, and I take it very seriously. I definitely don't actually want to be raped. Um, and I want to reiterate something that you said, which was that um, she should share with her partner that this is her fantasy and find someone who fantasizes about the same, the same thing. I'm in a relationship with a woman who shares my fantasy. Um, she enjoys being aggressive with me. She, We enjoy doing the rape fantasy thing. She definitely has no interest in actually raping someone. It's just something that we play out because we find it sexually gratifying. I want to say that um, as I learned to accept this about myself, it definitely wasn't something that I shared right off the bat. I was really scared to come out about this. But when I came out, I found that People were really accepting. My partners were really accepting and made space for it. And the more that I made space for it in my life, the more that I was able to find other ways to enjoy sex. And it became not the only way that I could get off. And now I get off in a multitude of different ways, which I'm really grateful for. 
Thanks for your call. Uh, and thanks for the backup on uh, my advice to the person with the rape fantasy who was not feeling so comfortable with it. I think your experience uh, is really valid. And, and it's, uh, it's been my experience uh, dealing with people with fantasies that disturb them for so many years that, uh, that the best thing to do is disclose and, you know, to find people who share your fantasy. But also I, I wanted to emphasize something that you said uh, that is also true of finally uh, being comfortable enough with your fantasies to be open about them is once you are open them about them, a fantasy that may have seemed oppressive and all consuming, once you're open about it and you're allowing yourself to experience it, it, it becomes not all consuming anymore that other fantasies begin to enter into your head and you begin to sexually respond in different ways because you're not denying yourself, you know, the big enchilada, you know, if, if what really fucking turns you on is this one thing. And you spend your entire sex life reacting in anger to it or negatively to it and trying to run away from it. It is all you can think about. It is the only thing that's going to occupy your erotic imagination is this thing you're denying yourself and running from. And then if you have a more casual relationship toward it, if you accept it, if you allow it into your life, if you own up to it and own it and share it with some sex partners and have some experience with it and stop running from it, it ceases to be all-consuming. Uh, so I want to emphasize that point of your call to anybody out there listening who has fantasies like yours or like a rape fantasy or fantasy that, you know, disturbs them and they wish would go away. That one of the reasons, you know, people want to know how they can minimize it or make it go away uh, without acting on it. And sometimes, paradoxically, the way you minimize it and uh, if not make it go away is to act on it. Because then, again, it becomes less oppressively all-consuming because you're not fucking running like a scared child from it for your entire life. So thanks very much for your call. Hi, Dan. Um, I have a problem uh, with uh, masturbation. I've been, uh, for a while now, I have been finding that sex with my partner is a little less desirable when uh, I, uh, I get the idea of going home and masturbating on my mind. Um, it's not that I'm not attracted to my girlfriend, and it's not that I don't love her, and I enjoy spending time with her sexually, but sometimes I just feel like I'd rather go home and jerk off. So I wonder if you have any comments. Uh, God, you're a terrible person. If you have a, a girl or a, a wife at home and you're running off to masturbate instead of always keeping your dick to the grindstone and sexually servicing her and only her at all times, then you're just a cad and an asshole, and I have nothing to say to you. Actually, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, sometimes everybody in a long-term relationship, uh, male and female, gay and straight or bi or lesbian feels like masturbating instead, uh, masturbation when you're in a long-term relationship, particularly a monogamous one, what masturbation sometimes brings to the table is the thing, you know, the elephant in the room, the thing you're not allowed to acknowledge the downside to uh, a long-term uh, sexually exclusive relationship is monotony. Yay for monotony. Uh, it rhymes with monogamy. I'm surprised they're not engraved uh, right next to each other on napkins at weddings. And what masturbation allows you to do is be monogamous, be faithful, enjoy the perks of a long-term sexual relationship. Because, you know, with monotony also comes familiarity and, and increasing comfort levels. And hopefully if you're growing together sexually, uh you know, getting to live out all your fantasies and having somebody you can confide in and share who you are sexually, you know, all in your entire sexuality and, and totally expose yourself. So there's perks. But, you know, the downside is the monotony. And what masturbation allows you to have is your monogamy, 
uh, and a little variety too, because your head, when you're masturbating, can go anywhere. When you're masturbating, uh, it's easier to, you know, as opposed to, and it may feel more respectful than, you know, you're fucking your partner. You can think about somebody else when you're fucking your partner. It kind of pulls you out of the space. may feel disrespectful. But if you're alone and you're jerking off, you can really, you know, enjoy the person at work that you'd like to fuck, but you're not fucking because you made a commitment to your partner only to fuck her. So, but what does masturbation allow you to do? You know, in your imagination, you can get away with anything. You can go anywhere. You can do anyone. You can be anyone. And because human sexuality and the human erotic imagination is so each of us, our erotic imaginations are so vast and so all encompassing and so perverse and acrobatic that we really need masturbation to satisfy that side and that aspect of our sexuality. And then we need, you know, the real life flesh and blood partner to satisfy so many other aspects of our sexuality, but we still require masturbation. Masturbation is a fact of life for everybody in a long-term relationship. Uh, and it's always going to be present and it serves a purpose and it's not a threat to your commitment to your girlfriend. It actually, I think makes your commitment to your girlfriend possible. Hi, Dan. I'm a 24 year old straight female, uh, sexually active, love it. And I have an odd sort of health question. I love having sex with the guy behind me. I love it doggy style. Um, but the problem is when the guy thrusts into me, I get this pain. It feels exactly the same as getting a stitch in your side when you're running. It's even the exact same spot. I get it on my left side. And it even happens with other positions, like if I'm on my back and my legs are over his shoulders. And sometimes when he's thrusting in, it, it hurts and I get that same stitch feeling. And I've tried different positions and angles, and it still generally tends to hurt. So is there anything I can do? Because I don't want to, I want to keep having sex doggy style. And I don't want it to hurt like this. I'm really not sure I can uh, offer you any help. So I'd like to fail you in person, live and on the telephone rather than impersonally over the podcast. I'm going to give you a call. Hey, Penny. Hi. It's Dan. Hi, Dan. It's so nice to talk to you for the first time ever in my life. I know. It's such an honor. Likewise, but I, I'm actually calling you to tell you that I have no advice for you, and there's nothing I can do to help, and you're just going to have to suffer, bitch. Oh. And I mean, I mean, suffer, bitch, in the nicest, most sex-positive way. Uh, okay. and, and when a gay guy says it, it's it's not sexist at all. Uh, no, I, just I wanted to, that. to clarify that. Um, right. You know, some probably it sounds like you're a fairly physically active person. Yeah. Mhm. What do you do? Yeah. Besides. Doing jogging. A little bit of running. Right. So you're not like, it's not like being in any position besides prone on the couch with a bag of Doritos in your lap watching television is physically stressful for you. Right. You run around. But there's mm-hmm. a trick in your body. There's something in your body. There's something in your side, something in your makeup, some muscle you pulled a million years ago that you don't even remember that when you get fucked in one position for a while, you get that little stitch, right? Right. And so you some some sexual problems can't be solved some can only be rolled with as the kids were saying a couple months ago right. so you need to tell the guys that you fuck you know fucking me you want to fuck me hey baby you want to fuck me we're going to be fucking in many different positions over the course of one fucking because i require it okay and if that you works. present your problem like it's a perk and sexy mm-hmm. that's not a problem anymore that's that my only. Sense. That's my only solution. And the tech savvy youth here at Savage Love Live uh, say you should breathe. Remember to breathe. But I assume you remember to breathe when you're getting fucked because you live to tell about having been fucked before. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. Well, breathe deep. 
don't don't asphyxiate yourself and change positions okay. frequently. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I'm I'm happy I could help, sort of. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Thank you for the help, Dan. <laughs> That's our motto here. It's better than nothing. Advice from Dan. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye. And that brings us to the end of our totally clusterfucked. You'd never know behind the scenes the technical problems we had with this show. Besides me being stone cold sober, which is in itself a technical problem. But that call and, and that ringing endorsement, it's better than nothing, savage love, that ringing endorsement of my advice brings us to the end of this installment of the Savage Love Podcast. The number here, if you'd like some better-than-nothing advice, 206-201-2720. Call us anytime, record a question or a comment for the podcast. Leave a callback number if you'd like us to be able to call you back uh, and follow up on your question live and on the air. Uh, and the uh, place where you download this fucking bullshit every week, this better-than-nothing sex advice www.thestranger.com slash savage. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And uh, I'll be back at you next week with another podcast.